0: This goes out to all you ravagers and outriders, Novacore and Crane, and even all you silver out there
1: who are now listening to Sanctuary Rock Radio. Um, but I think we're gonna we're gonna reclassify that a little bit. Uh, we're gonna think we're gonna say D bags. D bags with D-bags powers. Yes. powers. Um,
0: uh, um, because then I don't have to beep anything because we will be saying D bags with powers a lot. A lot.
2: Should they? Um, should we have like a theme song for? D bags of
0: powers. I might just take that (laughs) in its like non-exciting forms. D bags of powers. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know and then like the sprinkle. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I want to, uh, I want to take you guys back to 2013. You can make your jokes if you want
2: to. <laughs> That's all we got. Apparently. That's a hazy transition. That's it. Hazy transition. 2013
0: uh, flashback moment. A Predator veteran Shane Black uh, was given the opportunity to, to direct a film, and he directed Iron Man Three. Uh, Iron Man the Tracening. Iron Man the Tracing, directed by Shane Black, it released on May 3rd, 2013, making a box office smash 1.215 billion dollars they smashed it with a b (laughs) by the way the budget of this film 200 million no wonder robert downey jr wanted the amount of money he asked for um but the uh But the description for the film is as follows. Plagued with worry and insomnia since saving New York from destruction, Tony Stark now is more dependent on the suits that gave him his Iron Man persona. So much so that every aspect of his life is affected, including his relationship with Pepper Potts. After a malevolent enemy known as the Mandarin, played by Ben Kingsley, reduces his personal world to rubble, Tony must rely solely on instinct and ingenuity to avenge his losses and protect the people he loves.
3: So so big thing about this one, uh, I will say, Megan, is we said the Mandarin, right? Uh, as played by Ben Kingsley, he is not—twist, spoilers. He spoilers. Is, he is not— the Mandarin. He is an actor that has been hired to portray a terrorist, um, and the person behind it, Guy Pierce, is Guy Pierce, also known as Aldrich Killian in the movie, who heads up a company that's a rival of Tony Stark's. Um, and idea mechanics. Yes, AIM. AIM for short. And um, and so he's actually the Mandarin, and they've come up with a thing called Extremis um which is uh it's kind of like a it's a
1: body modification that, or uh bio modification that allows them to regenerate quickly so they're very hard to kill but if they if it gets too
3: if they use it too much they, they generate they actually, like explode yeah they poof
1: so they generate heat as they as they regenerate
3: and they can actually expel that heat uh, as in, like, uh, in, through their hands or breathe fire. Yeah, in the,
1: in the case of only one person did that guy Pierce.
3: Yes.
0: Yeah. Cool. So this this movie featured two very interesting moments uh, that people laugh at. One or three, if you count one is the Ben Kingsley turn. Yes. Uh, it is a very popular scene where Ben Kingsley, the Mandarin, who is this, uh, he's this terrorist. And never he's, You'll see never see me coming. coming. Like, he's very
3: sinister. <laughs> I right? really love how they took the idea of this serious, like, the Joker, right? The, yes. That's very it's over... portrayed exact, very Dark Knight-ish. Very, very Dark Knight-ish, and they just flipped it.
0: Yeah, so yeah. there's a scene where uh, Tony infiltrates this mansion under this expectation that he's going to fight this sinister villain. Uh, only to stumble and reveal that uh Trevor Slattery who is his uh who's the actor's actual like name in the movie um Trevor Slattery is a is a is a British up and coming actor uh <laughs> who's also a uh, a slight alcoholic and is currently in bed with two women uh,
3: My name is Trevor Slattery yeah. and I'm an actor.
2: Have you seen my work? So he's a... The actor is playing an actor in a
3: movie. Correct. Yeah, the
1: actor Got is it. playing an
2: actor playing a
1: terrorist. terrorist.
2: Wow.
3: Who's, yeah. Who's attacking So Iron he's Iron not Man. the actual villain. Uh,
0: the second wow. uh, moment in the film that people think is hilarious is, of course, Aldous Killigan breathing fire, uh, which I find... Slightly amusing. It's a it's an interesting way. I like Don Cheadle's reaction to it.
1: Oh, okay. He can okay, fired. he can
0: breathe fire. All right, <laughs> this is a thing. And then, of course, the third moment is uh, it's revealed that Gwyneth Paltrow's character, Pepper Potts, the love interest for Tony Stark, uh, is infected with Extremis, and so she dons uh, she uh, beats the crap out of uh, oh, the villain me. at the end.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and then, of course, she's miraculously healed of Extremis, and and, and that's it. Uh, but the villain we have is Aldrich Killian, aka his version of the Mandarin. Because, in my opinion, he is not the Mandarin.
3: So whatever. basically, Aldrich Killian starts. Uh, he has uh, physical disabilities at the beginning of the movie when he first meets Tony Stark way many years ago. Tony and him being him, Tony uh, so kind of brushes him off. Kind of brushes him off, but he does it in a re- in a way that really sucks. He in a, uh, douchey way. in a very douchey way. He says, "Hey, I think." You have great ideas. Meet me on the roof at midnight.
2: Does and it's on, new, it's on
3: New Year's Eve, and he doesn't show up. Aww. And Aldrich almost jumps off the roof. Yeah. I would, uh, yeah. AIM eventually becomes a, a pretty
0: prominent company, uh, or a think tank, mind you. He yeah, supplies ideas to companies to do. So
2: this is just karma for... Kind of, sort of, but
0: Tony is also going through an interesting situation in the film. He's going through this, what, in my opinion, what is one of the best storylines of the entire MCU.
3: And it's it's uh, is uh, pretty much going through PTSD caused by the uh, mo- Avengers movie where they were you know basically aliens invading the Earth. How does a hero who has survived, who is yeah, that that flew into
1: a portal through space
3: and launch and like seemingly guided a nuke. And what thought mean, he was so gonna it. die, right? Mm-hmm. And he, how do you live? How do you get beyond that? Yeah. You know, um, and Aldrich, in the meantime, has edited his, his own body to cure his disabilities. He's, I, I would assume, to try and make himself smarter, correct? Uh, and to enhance himself physically, uh, and so has pretty much, in in all essence, a self made man. Uh, yeah, and uh, how how. Tony now has to deal with not only his own problems, but this external force. So I'm going to put something out there. And you and I have gone
0: over this a lot. Brian knows how much I dislike this movie. I think Aldrich Killian is a quality villain. I hate to say it. I hate when he says he's the Mandarin. I, I hate that moment but I don't but, deny two things. I think his motivation is soundly established. Yes, early on. I think the route he went is a very interesting route because he's taking advantage of disabled veterans uh, who are yearning for the opportunity to be relied upon again,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and he's taking advantage of their situation. I think it's a weird, weird way to do it. I don't know if it's as efficient, but I can, I can, I, the motivation is sound for me.
1: My problem is the ending. The, I think the beginning, he's fine. And then around the time that they kidnap Rhodey, is where I think it starts to break apart.
3: Now, do you, do you feel like they're jumping the shark? Does it break apart
0: because of the hero or does it break apart based on his decisions? I
1: think it's his decisions. Like, at what point did they think of uh, abducting, uh, like, United States a United States Air Force officer would end well? They're like, okay, we'll just kill him afterwards. And it was like, well, then who, the, the entire thing was blaming the Iron Patriot thing oh. on...
3: The president. Yeah, yeah, for the
1: president. And it was like, there's a whole lot of plans here that anybody with a camera could have basically been, like... No. Nah. <laughs> uh, now, if they had gone into it a little bit more, like they were gonna say, Iron Man remotely pirate piloted the Iron Patriot suit, and it was all as a plan. Or and the he Mandarin took it over, did, yeah, or yeah. Or the Mandarin took it to, took it over in his quest against Iron Man. Like they didn't set any of that up. It just turned into we're doing this because we're evil. Well, the Mandarin
0: had already been caught by that point, right?
1: He didn't know that though.
3: Mm. Well, we don't. Well, it's kind of hard to know what he yeah. knew and didn't
0: know. It's not explicitly stated in the movie whether or not he knew that Slattery had already been arrested.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. We don't know that. Because
0: the the boat scene is well after, mm -hmm. I mean, the Air Force One scene happens in between the boat scene and Trevor Slattery. Slattery. So we're assuming that at one point or another, he now knows that that the Mandarin option is no longer viable. The public,
1: but that's what I mean. Like, there's
0: so so I'm assuming he went
1: against him at that point. Like, all like Iron Man would have to just have to say, killing, I mean, it's
0: working against him, but I, I think one of the reasons it makes sense is because everything he did, he did for an influence of the public perception, right? So, that was the purpose of the Mandarin. The Mandarin could easily sway the public as a terrorist. What then happened after the Mandarin gets caught is he takes the next easily swayable public perception thing, which had become Iron Patriot. He had his own conference. He had, you know, like there was a whole thing around announcing that the Iron Patriot was going to be a thing now. Yeah. Yeah. So I took it as he then took advantage of the next publicity thing, because that's what his think tank does.
3: And it it was another dig at Tony.
0: Yeah. It was another dig at. So
3: yeah, is it convoluted? Yes. absolutely.
1: I just think it's badly planned for a guy that's an enti- that's a think tank. That's a yeah. Like, uh, there's got to be sensors in that suit. It would just take somebody being like, "Rody wasn't in it." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, who had access to the suit? Well, aim. Okay. Well, <laughs> aim did it. Yeah. The only thing they're hoping on is that the person they're installing the presidency is on their side enough that they can cover it up. And again, if they had gone into that, yeah. I'd be more okay with it, but it just seems like a really badly planned plot. So do you have him as a thinking.
0: transfer then?
1: That's kind of where I have him sitting. God, I, yeah. I get, I, I, I'm i fine with the motivation against Tony. I, I like the the stuff that happened with, um, like you said, dealing, like taking advantage of people with PTSD and using them in the plan, like finding people so desperate.
3: I, and I did like how there was kind of a mirror with that, right? So that people with PTSD who have been, who, veterans who have been, uh, you know, kind of disabled in some way, and Tony kind of going through PTSD during mm-hmm. due to his experience.
1: It's, um, it's a, it's a, to use yours, it's a pretty nuanced film if you yeah. dig into it. If enough. you dig into it, I yeah. don't think people give it a lot of credit for. But as far as the villain goes, Killian in the beginning, really cool, subtle playing Pepper against him.
3: Yeah. In the beginning, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: using the Mandarin, all that stuff and then the end of it just turned into an excuse for Tony to use as many suits as possible. I'm yeah.
3: the Mandarin. But
2: as I'm biased, since I've never seen it, um, I like the backstory more than a lot of the ones we've gone over so far. So,
0: And this is an MCU film, so in yeah. terms of like, we can expect whenever we're talking about a Disney, or in this instance Paramount, but a Disney Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, it's going to be pretty fleshed out with very minimal... Yeah. Risk on on character.
3: I would say I'm in the transfer You're boat the as, transfer well. as well. And I just want to I just want to note, though, that in this transfer, part all of
0: three of the all
3: three Obadiah, Vanko and uh and Killian, which is interesting when you think about it. Because the only one uh, other one in there is Thunderbolt Ross from the uh from the MCU, right?
0: Yes. Everyone else is either there's only one real D bag with power, and that's Red Skull. Yep, <laughs> <laughs>
1: which is sad because I mean, man, Hugo Weaving.
3: Yeah, no, no, you're there, it's, and it, you know, you know, it seemed like you're right. it also seemed like he did not, Hugo Weaving, did not have a good time.
0: Yeah, well, that's a whole nother conversation at that yes, point. Yeah, uh, let's okay. switch on over to Fox because uh, this is where the rubber meets the road for one of our characters as we kind of. Mm-hmm. G- go not downhill because downhill insinuates that is bad, but we're reaching the end of uh, an era for a specific character. And that character is Wolverine. And the character and the conversation that we're going to have around him is of his film in 2013, The Wolverine, mm-hmm. which was directed by James Mangold, which is a name that uh you will, you will know if you're a fan of Wolverine. Yep. Because uh, James Mangold is the one who gave you the outro. Wolverine. He gave you Logan, Mm -hmm. uh, which we'll get into a little later on. But uh, the Wolverine, uh, in the box office, $414.8 million. So not bad, to say the least. Not great. Uh, Sitting at around a 70 on Rotten Tomatoes, a little lower, a 66 on uh, Metacritic. But I want to highlight the description of the film uh, because this is a weird situation for Wolverine. The last, what was the last uh, last Origins? film that we got? Origins was, was that the last? after X three? Oh no, maybe it was.
1: No, it was no, after X three. Yeah, X three was while I was working. Origins, yeah, was, uh, after two thousand eight. So
3: we got. X Men Origins. So, so needless to say, uh, audiences were probably probably a little skeptical as to what you could do.
1: X Men First Class was before that, though, right?
3: The uh, probably it
0: was, but you only got the thirty, the like six second cameo for Wolverine, where, where he's like, F- where he F- tells him to F- go F- fuck himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go fuck yourself.
2: I've seen a lot of Wolverine costumes for Halloween. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> just
0: hair and six pack. Yeah, abs, it's really so, I mean, easy. It's not. Yeah. It's not the most complex. Uh. Costume, you could I so, mean, unless you want to re- really invest and get real six pack abs, like a pleb, um, <laughs> that's a whole another
3: thing. So, um so I will say, so, uh so the last time we saw Wolverine was Origins. So yeah. people might not have a lot of faith, but First Class came out, uh which First kind Class of, was
0: a, was an improvement. It was good. It was yeah, there we it was. We you know, started I was on seeing. Board
3: for it, you know. This was, in my opinion, this was Fox
0: kind of taking themselves a little seriously again. Yeah. Uh I think X3 X-Men Origins uh really kind of they it, it uh you lost a little bit Mm -hmm. Uh, and so they took their foot off the pedal. I think first class was the first time they started revving up the Wolverine. They got a little faster, uh, and then we continue from there. The description is as follows. Lured to a Japan he hasn't seen since World War II, century-old mutant Wolverine finds himself in a shadowy realm of Yakuza and samurai. Wolverine is pushed to his physical and emotional brink when he is forced to go on the run with a powerful industrialist daughter, played by Tao Okamoto and is confronted for the first time with the prospect of his death. As he struggles to rediscover the hero within himself, he must grapple with powerful foes and ghosts of his own haunted past.
3: So, I'm, I'm gonna say it, is that a majority of this movie I really like. And then the end turns into a boss fight.
0: The end turns uh, into almost a video game-esque boss fight. Yeah, yeah, like, agreed. The really
1: thing, obvious. Like I said, dealing with his idea of mortality. And then he's given, the, he's given the chance to give up his basic immortality and become a normal person.
2: Is he immortal as Wolverine?
1: All we know is that he He lives for a really long time. He lives for a really long time. Really long time. Sure. So, like, he was born in the late 1800s.
2: Oh. Right. I remember so, talking about
1: that. So, um, in X-Men First Class, set several years into the future, he just starts going gray. So he lives for a really long time. No one knows how long he would actually live for.
0: His healing factor allows him to live for a really long
1: time. So a a guy who uh, was alive during the, the Hiroshima bombings.
3: Who he met.
1: Who he met. Goes, hey, look, I know this is a burden. We can take it from you. You can live a normal life. You can have kids, watch them grow old. At function as a normal human. It's like a normal and, the, person, and then
3: eventually die.
1: And then eventually die. Um, we can do that for you. Wolverine has to really grapple with whether or not that's a good idea. And then he starts to find out there's some shady shit going on along with it. And at the end of it, turns out the guy was just like, well, if you're not going to give it to me, I'm just going to take it. Cool. And he dons this mechanical suit of armor.
3: Huge, by the way.
1: Huge, and becomes the silver samurai who randomly has fists that are specifically designed to drill into Wolverine's Bone claws and suck out
3: his, his healing, healing factor.
1: factor, which is really weird. Be that like I think there'd probably be easier huh. places to drill into but than bone claws. How like does those, he know? those feel like they'd be hard to <laughs> pinpoint exactly. Like,
2: but, I think your healing factor is in your claws,
1: right? It was just to get into his bone marrow.
2: Oh, that Apparently, makes sense.
1: That's important, and um, because those aren't connected to any other bone, so why would that? You know, whatever. And. Um, <laughs> So, but it just turns into this giant boss fight. Um, there was a really great storyline going along with it. There's oodles of like ninjas and shit shooting stuff at him. It's really great. I love this movie. It was like the first time, like, since the original, since X2, maybe, that we got to see like Wolverine really be Wolverine.
3: Yeah.
2: I know that we like normally don't like boss fights, though. But so is this considered a good boss fight?
3: No. You? No. no. Okay. All right. Absolutely not. And so, and
2: the villain is the Silver Samurai in this scenario. Yes. And he's kind of a jerk. One of the things I
1: will give it, though, is that it's very fitting. It it fits in with the motivation. Like, the entire time, he's like, I want Wolverine's healing factor.
3: And then... And he tried to get it,
1: being a nice guy.
3: Yeah, yeah. And you think he dies. Uh, In the the middle of the movie.
1: And then he he pull the helmet off the Silver Samurai. It's Mm, him in the suit. Um. But there's, there's a, I mean, it fits in the story. It just, he got desperate. He's Wolverine also like
0: a, like, he's the equivalent of a, like a tech industrialist over mm-hmm. there.
3: Yeah. So and, I mean, and it, also think of it, it this a,
0: way. Or something. He's, you could argue, minus the motivation, he's the Obadiah stain of that situation. yeah. yeah the I only agree. difference is he's not fighting Wolverine in public. Mm-hmm. So there's no real scenario of, how did he think this on. was gonna end
1: that's what I was thinking when I thought about it I, I like, can't really
0: penalize him for this for the same people, reason of people
1: think he's already dead which means
0: what difference does it
1: make? right if I kill Wolverine here and I take his I take his healing factor I'll theoretically he would look
2: younger I don't really yeah think, what was he trying to use the healing factor for to, just just to, to be young alive, alive for so a selfish he reason. was a he was,
0: was he a he was a billionaire something? kind of mogul so he's
2: a deep bag who of built powers.
0: this who had built this Empire well he doesn't really have powers
2: uh, well, money, armor,
0: yeah. Um,
2: power, to but I think if he's D. a D
0: bag with powers, that's okay.
1: If he is, then yes, yeah, yeah. He's either, I think he's either quality, he's either quality, which quality which argue against, yeah, no, he's or he's a D
0: bag with powers, and that's, that's okay. okay. I don't think they I, sold us
1: enough on the immortality thing, yeah, like why that pivot made sense. Like, you saw it, and it was like it's the old man in the suit,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the only thing I will say in that is I think the the they sold me on the motivation they do it in the first five minutes of the film because he's a survivor of the Hiroshima bombings mm-hmm. fast forward he builds this empire and now he's dying and he says it's it's the uh I can do so much more argument yep if given just a little more time, I could do so much more yeah. The reality of it, though, even though, yes, he can do so much more, is the way he wants to continue doing that is as a uh, is is by stealing dudes powers like that. What up? I'm just going to say what's up. I'll just edit this shit out.
3: Yeah. yeah. Hi. Hi. Uh, Hi. Hey, everybody. Did you meet Ali?
0: Probably. He jumps on Here. everyone.
3: No, I was going to give you pizza.
0: You can just have a box.
3: Yeah, just take a box.
0: Bam.
1: I don't know which one has pepperoni or extra cheese.
2: Are they outside yet with the fire? No, they're still on. They're, they're watching
3: still on. The okay. Cool. Get out. Oh,
0: get out? They're watching Get Out. I'm not getting out. I'm doing a fire. Get out, Jeff. Are you watching <laughs> Get Out? Get out. I'm
3: just doing a podcast. Oh, That's funny. Did you guys want to sit down here?
0: You can uh, sit wherever. Know. Yeah, do you got... You know, one chair here, the and then there's a... I didn't really plan the chairs. You could bring them from upstairs. I didn't really on about it. All right, if I grab the one that's
2: in there, the stool?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: I didn't even... Multiple stuff. I'll burp into the mic. Go ahead.
0: No, that's all right.
2: I can't do it now. We went We
0: went through 30 minutes of penis jokes. I think we're okay. Yeah, yeah,
2: no, we're good.
0: We are. We are perfectly penis fine. Penis
2: jokes.
0: Um
3: and Brian told us some interesting
2: stories
0: about um, Jesus's about dick. shit on the wall?
3: Yes. About Jesus' penis. penis. I don't
1: know.
0: Those, well, do, those, about
1: uh, pe- those stories no, are what
2: just, I used to tell during stand Jesus's. Jesus's. Jesus'
0: nights. Jesus's penises. Jesus's Did you just say Genius' penises? Genius's
2: no. penises. Genius's penises. Jesus. I, I was just oh. making it funny.
3: Did it work? Um what flavor
1: soda would you like? What
2: flavor soda? We've we got, have got cherry got
1: coke, Dr Pepper and barks.
2: Barks. Yes. See, she knows. She knows. knows. <laughs> oh God. We uh, can't see without the
3: glasses. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wait, wait. Is, are you referencing my girl? I don't.
3: What? I don't even.
2: Uh, oh God. I just, I mean... Okay, because that's just you like. Okay, there. There's a um really sad scene in the movie My Girl. We yeah. won't go into it. I'll cry. Michael. Michael. Have you seen that movie, though?
3: Yeah. It's been a long time. Veda. Aw. Oh, can you do
2: me a favor? I can't stop touching my nose.
3: Can you give me
2: a you made for, uh... You made for, do you have a picture of the Just
3: card keep you made for, uh, your... Just keep fingering your septum. You're going away for it for... When you said thank you for your... It's really cool. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. It's fun. Brian is behind
3: artist as well. Hi. Hello. Jamie, Brian, Brian.
2: Jimmy Brian, Bryan. will you draw me as a cartoon character? Uh, sure.
1: You Can do that. I am not good at that. Jamer, you're a jammer.
2: I just want to be a cartoon oh, character. Jammer, yeah. jammer.
1: that's jammer. your name,
2: Jammer. Jammer, jammer, jam. jammer,
1: jammer.
0: Uh, there's
2: any so way to drink one.
0: Dr. Pepper? Last day? It's in a wine.
2: You glass. know what? There it was. There it is. There's,
0: there's it. any way to Thank drink God. Dr. Pepper? It's in a wine glass. So yeah.
3: she uh, had her same. last day. This was with the CCU, uh, so she's a nurse, and this uh, is the card she made. <laughs> I love also. I, love I also Boom. love puns. Brian, I need your help
2: for a Christmas gift this year.
1: <gasps> okay. Oh. Okay. We that? <laughs> well, that depends. Like if you're like, I don't I remember the point I was gonna make.
3: make.
0: <laughs>
1: no.
2: So no. What like, were we talking about? This
3: one. Uh, oh, um, we're talking about Silver Samurai building. He's building built this thing up from nothing. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
0: So okay.
3: what? No, go
2: ahead. We'll have to later. Never mind, it's fine. We'll touch bases
3: huh? soon. It'll be fine.
2: Well, okay. Fine. What? Thank You'll God. touch bases soon? Oh, bases. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Excuse me. Get
1: your mind out of the gutter. Get your mind. I'm trying to be professional here. <laughs> out the
3: gutter.
2: <laughs>
1: Periscope that shit.
2: That app's dead.
1: Getting out of the gutter. <laughs> Periscopes. No? Oh, wow. got oh. it. Okay, I that's, went.
2: That's,
3: that that, that, that that's was a bit much. That's an even less recent oh.
0: reference. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were um, referencing the app as well.
3: Yeah, same here. Uh,
0: given we're given the here, uh, right? employment job um, yeah. that we have, you
2: guys can
1: go wherever you go. I was going with Down Periscope, okay.
2: Silver Guy, Samurai. Silver
3: Samurai. Samurai. So anyway, Silver, so Silver
2: Samurai.
0: Silver. Silver Samurai. I
2: was going to say Silver Surfer, but that's another movie. No, Re- that's we are. Uh,
0: I can't. We've talked enough Silver about
2: guy?
0: Rise Samurai of the guy. Surfer. Like I, I'm okay. Never mentioning watching that movie ever again okay. um but anyway he, b- he builds this empire for himself and he has this motivation of like i i uh i can do so much more right yeah which is a great motivation it, it sits really well within the film but i think you're right i think at the end it just it, it you lose that sense of whatever the original motivation and, it, was. and he
3: becomes even <laughs> a villain. Yeah, villain yeah, yeah yeah i get you D-bag. So I think so d bag agree. with powers Power. and that's okay.
0: A yeah. d bag with powers and that's okay. And
3: that's okay. <laughs> nope. Okay.
1: i <laughs> pretty sure we just had him in like d bag with powers before. So uh, I'm pretty sure we did it as great. well. So and that's see, we've okay. got some new perspective. We talked about some stuff. We've lived through some stuff. This, this is why going Sammer back through guy. it again
0: again again again, again, again. Uh, works again. out really well. Again works out really well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is one of the, one of the last few appearances of, uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine that you get.
1: The Wolverine.
3: Oh, one more.
0: Uh, two Uno más. more. Or dos true. he does show
1: up in Deadpool 2. Uh,
0: three more. Did I,
1: I see that? I can continue movie? to
0: add, what is up with your internal calendar? Usually you're really good with this stuff. He's distracted. What? I
1: didn't say the next one.
0: No, but So like, no, I know you... he's in,
1: you know, he's in Days of Future Past and the next one he's in is um
0: is is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So it's only two more appearances.
0: And uh... then the big one. Oh, jeez. I don't sus. count that one cuz it's out of continuity. Oh, I don't even want to hear it.
3: You're out of continuity. You're out of you're it out of continuity. continuity. Like, I don't think it's it. part of
0: the X Men continuity.
3: Objection! You're
0: this out. You're out either.
3: of continuity.
1: They're like it's own, it's own little story. <laughs> so next
3: up, we have um, what some could consider one of the um, kind of weaker moments in the MCU. Can I? Uh, you say
0: that. I'm just going to put out there. I think the same thing you just said about Iron Man three can on a very subtle sense be said about Thor the Dark World. Yeah. That it is a very nuanced film
3: mm-hmm. that
0: when taken in the context of the rest of the series, there's some things there.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And I said, could, I said, could seem as the, and weakest, we talked about it. Our, and
1: when we were going through it before, like yeah. it's not a bad movie. Arguably it's one of the worst of the MCU.
0: Yeah. But, but that's still a high standard. for everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: It's pretty good. Like, it's not nearly as bad as everyone made it out to be. And I remember coming out of the theater and not, not being, like, liking it okay. And then I watched it again. I was like, this is pretty good. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in it. Like, the first time we're ever into an Infinity Stone. Yep. Like, uh,. Second. We get a lot more about the Asgardians, about how they function, the the, the universe as a whole. It's like our first introduction to the cosmos, besides the invasion of New
3: York. But uh, let's go ahead and read the description so Meg knows what we're talking about. (laughs) Uh, In the aftermath of Marvel's Thor
0: and the Avengers, Thor fights to restore order across the cosmos, but an ancient race, led by the vengeful Malekith, returns to plunge the universe back into darkness. To defeat an enemy that even Odin and Asgard cannot withstand, Thor sets upon himself, the most dangerous and personal journey yet, forced into an alliance with the treacherous Loki to save not only his people and those he loves, but our universe itself.
3: Now, uh, I'll say uh, as far as the villain is concerned, this might be uh, a similar issue to where you have a villain played by an actor who is an amazing actor, uh, similar to the way the Red Skull was, where an amazing actor who maybe didn't have the best time working in the MCU. Uh, I really think Christopher Eccleston is a great actor and known for a lot of period pieces and a lot of very heavy roles. But I think, and from what I've read, he did not have a good time with this particular movie.
0: So the budget for the film... Uh, I,
2: like the, I like these stats.
0: $152.7 was the budget. <laughs> oh my goodness. It made $644 million. The movie was also mired in drama. It was originally... Uh, Supposed to be directed by Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins. Yep. Uh, she then picked,
1: by Natalie, picked by Natalie
0: Portman. Yes. Patty Jenkins passed passed the role. Yep. Said no, I'm not going to do
3: that. And some people say that's one of the reasons why
0: Natalie was not happy that uh, Marvel Intern did not get a female director. It was directed by Alan Taylor. Uh, so already the film was already going through some public public drama in and of itself. And Natalie
1: was like, smoke bomb, I'm out. Oh, yeah. wow. But
0: After this. Wait, they yeah. they wrote her off as like an ex-girlfriend who won a Nobel Prize and so didn't she, have time She was like, Thor, go, that go, that shit was go F hilarious. yourself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this was the last one she was in. This is yeah. the yeah. last, her Bob.
0: last appearance they in the MCU. They
1: mention her in Avengers 2 and then they mention her in Thor Ragnarok and that's it. So Avengers 2, they're like, oh yeah, Adventure. my girlfriend's off, you know, getting like a Nobel Peace Prize and then the other one is like, oh man, I'm sorry, I heard you broke up with... Jane and, then and, that goes, okay. and that
3: was it. Yeah, and that was it. and he was like we it was a mutual breaking up. No, she broke up with him. Yeah, That's pretty
2: Um
0: so in this in this film to I Side really. point, we get Malakith.
2: What a word. What a name. <sighs> Malachith. Um, what's up guys I'm Malakith? Malikus. So, a couple things. <laughs>
3: hey guys, I'm Malakith. So, hey, yeah. i How you doing? I would have loved it if they had like a Castilian Spanish accent.
1: My name is
2: Malakith, and <laughs> I'm here to be a is, douchebag.
0: My name is Malakith. You killed my father. I'm going to die. To die. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: uh <laughs>
0: he, He's pretty. He's pretty bad in this movie. It's yeah. it's pretty bad. Well, he is. Literally, the beginning of the film establishes he is evil because he is evil. I like uh, darkness. I don't like light. But, it's no, they bad.
1: Were, they were like, well, they were they were first. They were the they were. They came they,
0: out of the darkness of space. Right.
1: They were they were the first. They were the most powerful. And then light happened, and they were like, damn it, damn it, damn it.
0: Very damn it. literally, he is evil because.
1: Well, that's, because he was first. That's the he way was first. I, <laughs> I was here you first. All powerful, and then you guys had to show up. This yeah. sucks. I hate you all dying. This is
3: stupid. I want you all to die. Pretty much, yeah. I but like he said it, it with an Elvis But he Elvish said it in, in Elvis. The fun bit is is there's a
1: there's a way to set that up that doesn't suck. <laughs> they,
3: they did not do, do that. They just didn't they did, do it just didn't at do all do that. whatsoever.
1: So the, the, the villain there is just like, uh, I'm a space elf, and I'm older than all of you, and I don't like you. I'm gonna kill you all, yeah. and that's the movie.
3: They could they could have okay. even they could have even made you feel a little bit for the elves because they were there were not a lot of them left. They were a dying kind of a dying race. Uh, you know you could you could have tried to play that part up a little bit too. Now, so I would have had
1: them be persecuted.
3: Does the, yeah does yeah. the
0: movie establish that they are the original wielders of the ether? They they
3: were
1: the. Maybe they not discovered the original, it, but they were the they were the last ones to use it. Yeah, the
0: last yeah, ones yeah. To use
3: it, I will. Can I, was, I just
0: put it out there then? Malakith kind of has to go into Unforgivable. Yeah, because. Now that we've seen what it looks like to use the ether successfully, yeah. he really sucks at using it. Oh yeah,
3: totally. In fact, Natalie Portman Natalie film. Portman was better at it. He, he uh. <laughs> really
0: sucks. Now that we've seen Thanos use the so ether, re, the un- reality stuff. unforgivable stone, in the context of the
1: unforgivable
0: arc. in the context of the whole thing. I
1: don't know because we haven't really looked at any of the villains over the course of an entire arc. Yeah, we've only true. Only looked at them in the movie they're in, and that might be unfair. But how, but
0: how many villains? have uh, uh, we have there have well, only been skull, two red
1: skull had the, the tesseract used that really shittily yeah well Loki, he didn't both, really Loki he didn't really tesseract use it though And the mind stone used it pretty shittily
0: yes <laughs>
1: so if we're doing that unfortunately we i don't think we can hold malekith accountable thanos knew what the aether was knew how to use it and had a gauntlet that lets him
3: Without killing him. Like Without killing him, because
1: as we know, the Power Stone, like, all the Guardians held that, and even then, all they could do was just, you know, kind of get rid of one
0: dude. Yeah, but Malekith, his entire species knows how to use the Aether.
1: Only in conjunction with a celestial event.
3: Yeah, Actually, that God. is 100% a true, yeah. That's right? a good They needed good point.
1: everything to line up before they could harness the power of the Aether. I need God. the planet
3: to be here, and then I can use this.
1: They needed
0: all the realms <laughs> to conjunction.
3: Got it. I
2: wish they had that. Conjunction, okay. junction, what's your function? Conjunction,
0: junction, what's your
3: function? Yeah. Use the right. uh, ether to destroy everything. Yeah. That's, the, That's function. the function. Okay. That's not okay. even the right I'll way to use that. it.
1: So there. I will give you d with powers, if only because they don't really go into his so, 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 uh,
3: I'll be honest, the way he... I mean,
0: is there really... <laughs> uh, outside bad. of he's just old? Just to be
3: completely transparent, the way he uses the ether... Uh, let me try and come up with a comparison... Because he uses it wrong, too. So they can only use it at a, at a celestial, you know, whatever. And it's like he took a gun and he's like, I'm going to use this to hurt someone. And then threw it at their head. Oh, it's that bad? Like, like, look at the, the way. Tha- so Thanos can use the, the ether, the, the reality stone, and he can make you see something totally different in reality. He's, he can alter there. reality. He can alter reality. They needed a celestial conjunction or whatever,
1: well, but they were gonna rewrite the entire universe for the sun to be light to, to be gauntlet.
3: darkness, yes, but they needed you know what I mean like well, they were trying
1: to affect all the realms at the same time.
3: I guess, I guess I just um, feel like but again, I think it's a lot of work. Can
1: use the stones because of the gauntlet, okay that's the heavy uh, that to me is the heavy implication from the gauntlet is that the gauntlet allows them to focus their power mm-hmm because at no point is he just holding the pat like the tesseract and being like okay I can teleport now. Bing 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 bing. And immediately goes into the stone and then he can teleport. He goes into the gauntlet. Yeah. And then he can teleport. And the
0: aether you could null alter reality but you could use it as a weapon, which is what he did.
3: Yes.
1: Right. So he it's same thing with like the power stone, like so, it, they it was in an object that allowed them to focus it which is
3: So so w- w- one thing that gets me that they really didn't look into is and maybe they look into it in the next Avengers movie. They um, were. is in this movie, you really, it has to do with Malekith. They're never going to, it acknowledge is, it, again. it is a, the first time you see, um, an infinity stone that is actually kind of sentient. It protects its host on its own. So it protected. Gene that is Foster. true.
0: Right. They, because, because it, it did. For, yeah. You're so right.
1: you You kind
3: of see a little I bit of sentience and we see it later with the mind stone, uh, you know, warning vision and, uh, and in the cre- soul
1: stone when the, um, What's her face with talking, Red Skull? Kind of, yeah, yeah. When the Red Skull talking about it. It's like, yeah, it, it, it's it has a wizard. it is alive. It. So it, it really
3: makes me wonder if we're going to see any payoff in that. Uh, that I hope just so, because I, I think there's something to that. It. I just don't know. Yeah, what? Yeah. What how is. far they're going to get into it.
1: Um, so, yeah, Malekith, Deep bag Powers, the Dark World gets a bum rap.
3: It does. Um, it was an enjoyable movie when I watched it.
1: It's it's not horrible. It's just it's very weird.
3: It's not, uh, you know, Halle Berry Catwoman.
1: Or I really can we not? Universe. Don't, don't
3: <laughs> sorry, do <that>. sorry, apologies. <laughs> you shut over your that for a mouth now. You, you can cut. You can you can edit that out. <laughs> we, we I'm gonna over beep it out like it's fouling. <laughs> please do, please do. <laughs> just just say Halle Berry. <laughs> boop, boop,
2: boop. Okay, so this. This next movie is one that everyone yells at me when I'm like, no, I've never so seen that. So this
0: is still, in my opinion, it's very high up there. It is still, in my opinion, the best MCU movie. Okay,
3: to I want to I say this right now. Not that MCU ever had a, uh, a not that they were on the downside, but if there was any tor- turning point where they were turning it up to like this was become it. something more than it was, this is that movie. Absolutely. They took superheroes and made a genre movie. Yeah. And it
0: was f- fantastic. I it worked. I love... Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oh, I love this movie. I would just
1: rename it. I would have called it Winter is Coming, capitalized on the Game of Thrones thing. I'm and t- it also sounds like <laughs> Captain America is going to get Captain some. Captain America Winter. <laughs> oh, winter is gosh. coming. It sounds like Captain America is going to get some, because at this point, he's like a 95-year-old virgin. <laughs> yeah, but the problem Aww. is,
0: Winter makes it sound like he's going to be frozen again. <laughs> like he's going to be in some accident where he's frozen for another 100 or
1: years. Or that, you know, ice zombies are going to show up,
2: both yeah. of which I'm okay Are with. applicable. <laughs>
0: but uh, like uh, the Winter Soldier is arguably very high on people's list of superhero films. As I've heard. Uh, you got films like the dark Knight, and uh, you know, a couple others, obviously Deadpool is up there for a lot of people, but this film, in my opinion, is the antithesis of what, what makes a great superhero film and takes it out of that, that ballpark, that realm of, of superhero films. So, now that we've gotten an update on Iron Man and we've gotten an update on Thor, after the cataclysmic events in New York with his fellow Avenger Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, lives in the nation's capital as he tries to adjust to modern times. An attack on a S.H.I.E.L.D. colleague throws Rogers into a web of intrigue that places the whole world at risk. Make Join- sure he
1: got relegated to Kali?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but- S.H.I.E.L.D. colleague. <laughs> with
3: his buddy. <laughs>
0: uh, joining forces with, with Black cow. Widow. Uh, And a new ally, the Falcon. Falcon. Rogers struggles to expose an ever-widening conspiracy, but he and his team soon come up with an unexpected enemy. Again, I cannot stress enough, this film, one could argue, is not the superhero film that people might have expected to see going into it. Because it is such a stark difference from Captain America, the first Avenger. It is almost night and day. Yeah. This is the first film done by the Russo brothers who would eventually do Avengers infinity war and Captain America civil war two other movies that people really like in the MCU. Obviously um, uh, the movie had a $170 million budget and box office, a hundred and uh, 714.3 million dollars.
3: Yeah. Uh, I just want to say like one of the first things that I really love about this is how they frame the character of captain America in he's woken up in a time that's not his, he's had these adventures uh, so far and now he has to kind of go back to what is, what could be considered normal for him. And so what does he do? He throws himself into working for, for the throws man, himself right? Into his work, in, into, which into is what he did. Working for shield into being a soldier. Right. Um, And that is totally flipped on its head when it's, you know, discovered, you know, mid-movie. Maybe what he knew or what he knows is, uh, and this starts an evolution of the character. Yes. um, You know, from this point in that maybe the systems, maybe following, there's more to uh, everything than following orders than being that loyal soldier. Maybe it's about what's right.
0: Before we get into the villain, is there any character who's gone through a larger evolution than Steve Rogers?
3: I mean, I, I feel like at this point, you, this is where you see the, where it's going to start to cross at this movie with Steve Rogers and Tony.
1: At this point? Yes. I still think Tony. Because, I mean, we had, we had misogynistic, playboy, self-obsessed Playboy into... Well,
0: no, I'm sorry. I mean, like, overall. Overall, throughout the MCU, is there anyone who's gone through more of oh, a, okay. more of an evolution than Steve Rogers?
1: I think it's 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 kind of unfair for that because he like he's automatically forced to evolve because of the man out of time aspect.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He automatically has to deal. Has to well, I don't know save. if he's
0: forced because that's what part of this movie is about.
3: But no, it's it's him
0: trying to stay.
3: A loyal soldier, a loyal
0: soldier, as what he was, the rules. and the realities of the of the world he's in now.
1: But that's what I mean. Like he, he, like he has to deal with that. Yeah, it's not working. Like that automatically forces that level of evolution, uh-huh. um, or change in his character. But I still think Iron Man has a lot. Like, and that's why I think they're very good at being. Polar Bal- yeah,
3: balancing each other yeah, out because yeah.
1: they, they have the same thing. So like Iron Man started off as a self-obsessed playboy and yes he still is and he tried to hold on to that but he has to deal with like having to look at the bigger picture like in Civil War and whatnot where it's
0: Is that the theme of both of these characters? It's like one's becoming No, no, tr- trying to hold on to something yeah, for as long as possible because yeah. you could argue Steve Rogers tried to be a, a loyal soldier to Shield, and Shield fell apart. You could then argue that Steve, as a coping mechanism, mechanism replaced Shield with the Avengers. Yeah. Uh huh. As an organization. Right. Something and then that he could follow orders. In the Avengers arc. fell apart to the extent that he just abandoned everything because that was the only other option he had at that point. Because couldn't trust anything.
1: Whereas you have the loner that is
0: Tony more and more building up teams. Exactly. Constantly Becoming. building people around him to try to embrace this vision of there's something coming without openly admitting that he's struggling with these things. So,
3: yeah, at first he at first it's build a suit of armor. Then it's build more suits of armor. Then it's bring more people in. Yes. You know.
1: Well, then it's build a whole suit of armor around the world. Yeah. Well, that failed. That failed. Uh, I'm just going to, you know pick Spider-Man. He's going to be Tony has failed
0: a lot Yep
3: for, for a
1: successful one, one of the, the most MCU.
3: flawed characters. Uh, you know, uh, just, you know, and he even admits it. So many character flaws.
0: <laughs> so in the synopsis of the film, uh, Steve, who of course is a man out of time and has become a man's man, has fully embraced his work at shield only for it to be revealed. That since the first Avenger, and his original fight with Hydra and his subsequent absence for the last 50 years. Captain America the Winter Soldier is actually, to an extent, about Hydra. Yep. Uh, it is not about Steve Rogers. Uh, it's revealed that while Steve was frozen for 50 years, what's been happening for 50 years is the scientist, Arnim Zola, who was the right-hand man of the Red Skull, uh, was, uh, was arrested was brought to Shield, was interrogated, and it turns out Shield had a science a, a program for uh, uh, Axis Allied or Axis power scientists to work with Shield. They have subsequently been in Shield for the last fifty years, revealing that slowly but surely, Shield from the inside out was slowly turning into Hydra. Uh, meaning. The villain of your film is none other than the
3: head of S.H.I.E.L.D. at this
0: point, Alexander Pierce, who was played by the immaculate Robert Redford.
3: I don't think there's any other ad- there's, adjective you
0: could use. If you immaculate. if you would have told me that Robert Redford was going to be in an MCU movie, I would
3: have lost my shit. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it made me pretty happy. I was yeah. like,
3: What? And I I think his... So good. His acting, he's a very charismatic person. Oh. He's convincing. He's casually charismatic. Right? Like, in in the scene where he's
0: asking Steve Rogers if he knows where Nick Fury is, and he's just, he tells him the story about them, uh, often, uh, I think they were in Beirut or something like that, Mm -hmm. uh, and they were on this mission together, and Nick kind of goes off the reservation, and he goes, I say that to say this, uh, I will do anything for Nick Fury, no matter who gets in my way. And all of a sudden the conversation shifts and it's this threat, this threatening conversation. And I was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Right. Uh, so I guess you could argue that there, would, would you put Arnim Zola in the conversation as a secondary we did, villain? We did. Before, I think we did.
1: Um, I, I, I just... think, I think he's part of the overarching Hydra.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so I'd say Hydra is the villain in this one, but specifically Alexander Alexander, Pe- Alexander Pierce. Pierce,
3: and of course, so Alexander. So Hydra's plan
0: is they create a, a a program known as Project Insight. So the Helicarriers that were in uh, the Avengers worked so well they decided to make three of them uh, as a as a responding uh, protectorate to any advancing threats that would come from space or wherever. Arnim Zola, in the meantime, who has since died because he's human, uh, actually uploaded his consciousness to thousands and thousands of tapes of old computers.
2: That's what we're doing right now.
0: Yes. Uploading (laughs) our consciousness to tapes. We're getting ready for Star Trek. We're getting ready for Star Trek. Um, To the point that he is now this advanced AI who's been waiting 50 years For Steve Rogers to show up. He eventually shows up and reveals to him, hey, there are all these things that are happening, uh, and they're happening for a specific reason. Your shield is Hydra. Creating a project known as Project Insight, which actually is an algorithm that tracks every powered individual in the world.
3: And non-powered. Basically, anyone that they think uh, is is a threat to S.H.I.E.L.D. or could become a threat. A lot of people. One of them
0: being Stephen Strange. Yeah, and a lot of people point
3: out, well, he had no powers at the time, and that is true. However, he was someone with a lot of money at the time, very well respected, and someone who might not follow the rules. Should they ask him to do something that Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to do? So that would make sense.
0: So that would make sense. Uh, The only other person we need to discuss is the titular name in the title, uh, the Winter Soldier.
3: Which, which I have to say when he shows up. Oh,
0: that scene at the end of the film, when they're fighting gets
3: me every time I get chills. Well, even in the trailer, they set it up so well, because if you know the Winter Soldier, you know who it is. Right. And you know what to expect. But they just set it up where he's chasing him and he throws the shield. and You're like, Cap's got this, even though, you know. And then it maybe catches he it with it. the metal arm. Boom! Catches it, and you're just like chills.
0: Yeah. The there's a there's a line at the beginning of the film and a line at the end where Steve, um, in, in the first film, Steve is constantly trying to join the military, but he can't because of his illnesses and his condition. Uh, and so he uh, Bucky goes to drop him off at his house, and he and he says um, uh, the line that everyone likes, which is, "I'm I'm with you till the end of the line." Uh, fast forward to them fighting on one of the helicarriers, uh, and Cap kind of makes a decision. He goes, I'm not I'm not going to fight you anymore. Bucky, at this point, st- is struggling to remember his past. He's suffering from this intentionally induced amnesia. Uh, that Which has been repeated hy- upon time yeah. upon time. So he's slowly losing his identity of who he is as Bucky Barnes, and he's just been the Winter Soldier for years.
2: I was going to ask if that... Was who the Winter Soldier is, and now I know. Thank and now you. you know it is Bucky wow, Barnes. I I can already hear everybody listening uh, gasp.
3: <gasps> what the fuck, Bucky
2: Barnes? Um, yep. Uh, uh, go
0: on. But one of my favorite lines is Cap kind of drops his shield through the through the glass at the bottom, and it falls into the ocean. And he stands there, and um, and he goes, "I'm not gonna fight you anymore because I'm with you till the end of the line." And Winter Soldier proceeds to beat the snot out of him. Uh, until the Helicarrier wrecks and they both fall in the water.
3: Now, now they never really went into this. Um, this is just me nitpicking and wanting to know details. Uh, but obviously, Metal Arm makes him stronger. But is he has he been enhanced like Cap has?
1: I think it's implied that the uh, experiments that Arnim Zola and Red Skull were doing on them in the camps...
3: Did that? Enhanced yeah. him enhanced somehow. Enhanced him somehow. That allowed
1: him to survive the
3: fall. And become the Winter Soldier. and repeatedly being frozen yeah. and unfrozen,
0: yeah. right? Yeah. So he went. He's undergone something, but not to the proper extent that Steve Rogers went through
1: because he was mm-hmm. the only one that was experimented on.
0: Mm-hmm. So survived. So, so I mean, I guess let's talk about Winter Soldier as a villain. Um,
2: is he a villain because? But he's not supposed to be.
3: But he's not. He is. He he's does like, villainous he's things. He's
2: formed into a villain, like.
3: Yeah, yeah. So he's a villain, and he because he has no control over it. Got it. He's forced he's to be the villain. yeah. Yes. Which is why we yeah, exactly. we
0: we tend to want to highlight Alexander Pierce a little more. Yeah. Because he's kind of the head of the whole thing.
3: I mean, if you take a look at just the how Winter Soldier is written, I would say that's quality.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm all for quality villain on him.
3: Yeah. For uh, Alexander he's a, Pierce? He's a
1: tragic... Uh, well, both. Well, both. Yeah. Alexander Pierce, motivation is solid. We got why he's doing what he was doing. The plan made really, like, made sense. Really
0: great sense.
1: Yeah. You um, like, and even that's the escalation wh- And that that that's happened.
3: why... And he's so convincing at it.
1: Ah, uh, Robert Redford makes me so happy. Oh. <laughs> um, I was ecstatic when I found out that Robert, mm. Robert Redford was going to be in the movie, mm-hmm. and then he was... And that he turned out like the way he acted, it just so good. Mm-hmm. The, uh, and then the uh, for those who don't know, the Winter Soldier reveal that was pretty awesome. Like mm-hmm. the in the comic books, we all knew that Bucky Barnes was going to come back as the Winter Soldier. So when they said Winter Soldier, we're like, oh, Bucky's back, Meh. right? Um, but those who didn't know
3: the that way didn't they know did that it? the
1: Winter Soldier was going to be Bucky Barnes. There's a moment where he catches the shield, and you kind of see his face, and you're like, he looks kind of familiar. This is weird. And then you see him take off the mask at one. Like they're fighting. The mask comes his off, mask, Yeah, his mask is knocked off. And he sees that it's his, it's his friend from 90 years ago.
2: Is, yeah. is Bucky first introduced in Captain America? In the first one. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. He's it's,
0: one of his uh, crew.
2: Got it. Okay. Or
0: he's the best friend at the beginning of the
3: movie. Yeah. So
2: so you would know. You would and you've so ar- you, would and know. you already
3: know the heartache that Cap suffered when he thought he was dead. Right. Okay. Yeah. Trying to get himself drunk even though he knew he couldn't.
0: Well, it's kind of the inverse. Imagine Peggy Carter's reaction to realize that Captain America is alive after 90 years. Mm-hmm. So imagine if Captain America goes through the same emotional reaction when he realizes that his best friend who he thought was dead was alive for 90 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. So
3: Someone who you, even and if he if even if he had been alive has been still uh, would have been dead. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just based on time alone
1: and has been perverted by Hydra. Yeah. Like, to watch your friend come back as a villain, like Peggy at least got to see Steve Rogers come back as Steve Rogers. As
0: Steve Rogers.
1: He yeah. got to watch Bucky come back as a bad
3: guy. Gotcha. Yeah. So everything you loved about that person twisted, uh, erased. But, but the, the fun thing
1: is like you imagine like all the plot reveals for this movie, it's very much a spy thriller.
0: Oh yeah. That I think is where so when we talk about genre films, for MCU and how it's turned and why it's become so popular. It's because Captain America, the winter soldier is an espionage film. Yeah. It is a spy thriller that just so happens to have a superhero in it.
3: So there is a scene in the movie um, where cap is kind of finding out what's going on and how nothing is, is, is really what it seems like at shield and he gets in an elevator and it's an elevator in shield. So you think, oh, he shield, elevator shield, perfectly fine. But then he starts noticing all these guys getting on the elevator, floor after floor, notices they're armed and just how they're acting.
0: They're sweating. Oh, there, they're yeah.
3: sweating. They've got weapons, like, ready. And hey, then there's this point where I he goes. I love that line.
0: He's
1: like, like uh, okay, does anyone want to get off before we do this?
3: Because he, he goes, knows he goes,
1: what's
0: uh, going to happen. Be- uh, before we get started. Does anyone want to get off?
3: And it's it's such an intense moment because that tension's just building, and you know, like at first you're like, "What's gonna happen?" And then you're like, "Oh God, this is gonna happen!" And I've never seen a better fight in an elevator, really.
0: There, it's it's one of the better fight scenes. It was beautifully choreographed. Yeah. So if there's ever a movie to go back and watch, like just cash, I I love going back and watching Winter Soldier for. And they
3: they actually have video of Chris Evans practicing those stunts uh, that, that fight choreography just over and over and over from ahead. the from the elevator and it just is even seeing him do that choreography not in the elevator just doing it with the stuntmen uh, doing the choreography it's amazing and yeah. it's really well done it's really well
2: done that's awesome
0: um so we're still in 2014 that's how we started the year which is a great way to start the year you would argue and then we we got something weird. Can I can I uh, can I read this one? We we got something really weird. Uh, we got uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 from 20th Century Fox. Can I give the numbers real quick before yeah, no, you get go into ahead. your go uh, ahead, please do. Before you get into your thing, um, the budget was 293 million dollars. It made 709 million dollars. It was directed by Mark Webb and came out on May 2nd, 2014. Jeff, go ahead and
3: uh, take away with the description. It's great to be Spider-Man. For Peter Parker, there's no feeling quite like swinging between skyscrapers, embracing being the hero, and spending time with Gwen. But being Spider-Man comes at a price. Only Spider-Man can protect his fellow New Yorkers from the formidable villains that threaten the city. With the emergence of Electro, Peter must confront a foe far more powerful than he, and As his old pal Harry Osborn returns, (laughs) Peter comes to realize that all of his enemies have one thing in common, Oscorp. Oscorp.
2: So this is the movie that sparked the relationship of Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. That's correct.
0: Yes. Uh, Which um, is,
3: which, and it's one of the, uh, you get to see one of the kind of seminal moments of Spider-Man's guilt that have played out through the comics.
0: Yes. Um... (laughs) This, <laughs> this film sucks. I hate, I hate, I hate yeah, this no, film Yeah, no, I can't so even,
3: I can't even. No, oh, I, no okay, it's I can't, I can't. It's your favorite. I
0: can't speak like that. I really try not to, not to hate on films like this. So I'm going to, I'm going to put this two ways. One, I am in the minority that I love Jamie Foxx in this film because he played the role they asked him to play. Yes. And he owned that shit hard. Yep. He played the exact character they wanted him to play as goofy and as ridiculous as it was. And I loved every minute of it. He stole this movie.
3: The downside is Paul Giamatti did the same thing, but he was only on screen for like
0: four minutes. So, but but, I can, I can live with four minutes of Paul. I don't mind
1: the Rhino. I don't mind Electro.
0: The goblin goblin is my issue. Weird part. Yeah.
1: it's, It's just, it's, I don't know why Spider-Man movies feel like they just or a lot of comic movies feel like they have to double down on a bad guy. Yeah. Like, Cause I think like it, it's the idea of escalation. Like the first movie, maybe one bad guy. Second movie, we have to up the stakes. There has to be two, but instead of making it a more interesting or a smarter or somebody that's will, like
0: willing just, to go further right? like
1: yeah. or just find somebody like, okay, this one's immune to a spider sense. Introduce venom. I don't give a shit. Whatever.
0: Um, we'll get to that later.
1: <laughs> dot dot dot. And but there's this, there's this weird idea of escalation, which happened with like the original Spider-Man movies, where it was like Green Goblin, and then it was Doctor Octopus, and then it was three in one movie. Like I I don't the X-Men movies, like the way they escalated. The first one had the Brotherhood, and then the second one had. Um, had, in my opinion, Striker. escalated the right way. Like, it, it went with one major villain, but it was, like, a like a different way of going at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the third movie was just, like, we're just going to throw everything in it. Like, and this movie is very similar. Like, the first movie had the lizard. That was an interesting movie. I think it'd be pretty easy to find a villain that could challenge Spider-Man in a different way. Apparently not.
0: I also think this was Sony. Sony could not... Let go. Sony has proven time in and time out with Spider-Man films that they cannot let go of the Green Goblin. Yeah, no, they can't. They cannot let. I
1: don't know what it like. I, I know don't know what it iconic is. Iconic moments in the early days of Spider-Man, like the Gwen Stacy moment with the Green Goblin, I think is what they were trying to go for,
0: but we didn't need it. But you didn't get that. You got no. Gwen Stacy with a different Green Goblin.
2: I just think right. it's weird that Spider-Man has been redone three times <laughs> with three different. Spider-Man. You noticed that too, huh?
0: It's, I don't, I don't like <laughs> you that. You picked up like, on that.
2: On the, I mean, I know the newest ones will get there are like the better ones or, you know, they're from what I've heard. Cause of, you know, I don't know anything about anything, <laughs> but uh, I just, every time they come out with a new one, I'm like, why is there a different person? I don't understand. This film
0: was weird in that it,
2: and I don't think, I don't know that I like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man anyway. Is that his name? Am saying his name right? So I, I, I,
0: Garfield, I was, okay. I understood what they were going for. The, I, the I used the teenage teenage hashtag. I, I, I used the hashtag, not my Peter Parker. Like that's what, right. when I watch it, that's the hash that like, Hey, you want to go with them? That's what you want to go with. I'm, I'm there. I'm just telling you, that's not a Peter Parker I'm interested in.
3: My problem with that was he's uh, a very angry Peter
0: Parker. The movie I
1: remembered for him before that was uh, the Social Network. Mm. Um, Oh right, yeah. Where he was playing an adult, like a like an adult, like an adult. I have a hard problem when they're like, he's a teenager. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And right. I get that that happens a lot in Hollywood where they cast people that are ridiculously older like Tom Welling was like 30 playing an 18-year-old in Smallville or something like that. Yeah. Um and I get it some actors can pull that off. But my problem was he immediately, like for me mentally, like he immediately, like I saw him in the social network.
0: Anytime he was angry, anytime he was, yeah, he just comes off as a grown up. (laughs)
2: Andrew Garfield is the villain in this movie.
0: (laughs) 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 And he's a D bag with powers. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, motivation wise, yeah. Motivation wise, that's exactly Uh, what he is.
1: So it's, but that was my biggest problem with that one. The is just Andrew Garfield not that he did it badly or that he wasn't what they were looking for. Like the, the skater boy or yeah. teenager kind of thing. He plays that very well. My only problem was mentally, I had already seen him
3: in something, yeah. in something that,
1: I, that, that, to, dra- that to me just didn't mesh well with the idea of him being a teenager. And, yet. and yeah. what,
3: what bothered me a lot was that at the end of the first movie, he made a promise, uh, which he to Gwen's father, which he immediately at the end of the movie uh, breaks. Breaks. And then he continues to break in this movie, which makes you, for me, was like, well, no duh. What happens happens because you, you know, because of this, because of this, you know, like, um, I just
0: there is. I just. Oh, my God. Um, they're kind of
3: really doubling down on the guilt, you know,
0: I. Yeah, I just. I just wasn't feeling it. the The progression of the character I wasn't a fan of. I know we're constantly talking. We haven't even gotten to the villains yet.
2: No,
3: I was going to say uh, we,
0: we're just <laughs> talking about this. This this proved to me that Sony could no longer make a good Spider Man
3: movie. Agreed. Yeah.
0: Like this was. I can understand why Disney chose to step in after this. I was like, hey, do we want to do we want to revisit maybe this uh, this contract, this deal. But maybe putting, uh, putting Spider Man in the MCU? Smartest move
3: that. Uh, that Sony has ever made. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, let's talk about the villains. Uh, D- uh, Dane DeHaan, of course, plays Harry. Uh, it turns out Harry's father suffers from uh, an illness that makes him look like a goblin. <laughs> ah, same. <Unfortunately>, Whatever. Yes,
2: <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is not a lie. That is 100% true. Uh, and Harry is suffering from the same illness. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Harry, uh, the whole motivation behind Harry is Harry thinks that uh, whatever happened to Spider-Man can cure him. So Peter is, of course, friends with Spider-Man. Wink, wink. And Dane says, talk to Spider-Man. See if I can get just a small sample of his blood. And Peter's like, nah, I'm not doing that, shit, bro.
3: That's creepy. So
0: he becomes a, uh, the Green Goblin.
3: Seems like they could that have avoided all of that. motivation is weak as
0: fuck. I'm just going to put it yeah, out there. Yeah, he that's, just wants to be pretty. That's a critty. weak shit right there. Um, Electro had even more of a motivation because he's a loser.
3: (laughs) Lose, loser. And, uh,
0: gets fired from Oscorp. Actually, is uh, killed by an Oscorp employee. Uh. Oscorp just, it just sucks to work at. He falls into a vat of eels, which I think is hilarious. Um, and he becomes Electro and says, I want to destroy Oscorp.
3: That's how you become Electro.
0: Yeah. And, of course, uh. Spider-Man's like, no, I can't let you destroy Oscorp, and, and that's that's pretty much the movie.
3: Because they're a bastion of good people. Uh, <laughs> opinions on Elektra. I agree. Uh, <laughs> yeah, We all took a deep breath. Uh, I agree with what you said. Jamie Foxx played who they wanted him to play. The unfortunate part is that's who they wanted that's him to play. That's who they
0: wanted him to play?
1: D-bag uh, with powers.
3: Yep.
0: Damn, not even okay. Okay.
1: I feel like they were setting it up like he's like obsessed with Spider-Man. Like there was going to be some like, I just feel like the motivation was really weak. Like yes. he played it well, but
0: please tell me Harry's green goblin and this is unforgivable. Uh, yes. please.
1: Tell yeah. Me. If he hadn't been in the movie, I think like electro electro would have had a lot more time to to shine. Like I would have played up that like obsessive name angle for him more. Like I would have had him stalk him, figure
3: out who he is, because everyone needs to figure out his. We
0: have a is. really large unforgivable pool. <laughs>
3: <right laughs> we do, and a lot of it has to do with Spider-Man. That's funny. it's a
0: large.
1: Sp- well, he's had the most movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, at this point, what's this, movie five for him? Uh, yeah. The X-Men are the only ones who come close, or Wolverine, I guess.
0: Oh my goodness! This is hilarious.
3: The Green Goblin.
2: For those who can't see it, we literally have like...
0: We're creating a graph here yeah. so we can keep track of everything. Mm-hmm.
2: And the, the biggest section is for the D-bag with powers. But the thing is, we're writing the unforgivable ones and the okay ones above that large section. So it looks really weird.
3: <laughs>
2: but you know what? We're rolling with it.
0: It's an odd, uh, it's an odd distinct. I mean, like I, I really enjoyed it when we did it the first time around, but this is even, <laughs> this is even better because
2: yeah. it's just beautiful. Uh,
0: we get to, uh, we get to kind of dive into some things and see exactly how it pans out. So, um, let's talk about, uh, our next, uh, movie, which is an interesting one. It kind in my opinion, it's a movie that splits the community. Uh, it my it's it's really good. It's, I uh, really
3: like this movie. It's by hands down. But my there are people that don't. Favorite favorite one of the series. Really? Yes, hands down. I Interesting. don't. Interesting. I mean, I love I love it. Uh, uh. The second one, I do. Uh, but I've really loved this one.
2: J she's in it. All right. So uh, she plays uh, Mystique.
0: We're we're a couple weeks after Amazing Spider Man. So we're all pretty frustrated. We're, we're hurting pretty bad. Yeah. And Fox says, all right, Sony, I got this. I got what ails you. Let, let me show you how, how you hit the summer hard.
1: Did I see Spider-Man opening night? You did? didn't.
0: So oh, wow. a few wow. comic
1: book movies I didn't see opening night. I'm I saw proud it opening you. week, but I didn't see opening night.
0: Um. So Fox rolls in and says, hey, I got you. Let me show you how to hit the summer hard. And they release X-Men Days of Future Past.
3: I Which, think, comic
0: book fans love that title because they know what comes from it.
3: Yeah, so for me, uh, a real big... Uh, I, It's hard for me to separate why I like this, right? Is it because I think it's a really good movie, or is it because it rewrote continuity yeah. and fixed some shit? And fixed um, a lot of shit. I, I'll be honest, it's a combination of both.
0: Yes. Convinced that mutants pose a threat to humanity, Dr. Bolivar Trask, played by Peter Dinklage, develops the Sentinels' enormous robotic... Weapons that can detect a mutant gene and zero in on that individual. Meanwhile, in the 21st century, the Sentinels have evolved into highly efficient killing machines. With mutants now facing extinction, Wolverine volunteers to go back in time. And rally the X-Men of the past To help change a pivotal moment in history And thereby save their future The budget of the film $205 million uh, Nailed the box office at $747.9 million. It is directed by Brian Singer uh, One of the directors from the X-Men, uh, the original X-Men series uh, Your villain in the film
1: Brought back Brett, Brett Ratner
0: Yeah, brought back
2: uh, Brett
1: Ratner
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait Peter Dinklage. We see him later, right? No. Uh,
3: di- uh, different universe. Same different actor, character. Different Correct. character. He's
1: different in the uh, MCU as the dwarf individually.
2: So this isn't the
0: same for character. Avengers. No, Not the this same. Is, character. <laughs>
1: this is all of our trash. Just kidding. Move on.
0: Um, so. <laughs> Ignore me. <laughs> this this film is. Uh, there are a lot of people that really like the film. You could argue that it's a it's a massive crossover film. Uh, it's like one of the first, not one of the first, but it's it's Fox's attempt at a massive crossover where they cross over the old generation uh, of Hugh Jackman and uh, uh, Bobby Frost was in the film and Kitty Pride was in the film and
3: uh, uh, um, Ian McKellen. Uh, Ian McKellen and was Patrick there Stewart, and, yeah. and
0: Patrick Stewart played their respective characters. Uh, Cro- and Halle Berry was there as Storm. Cross that over with this new generation of X Men that they're doing from X Men First Class, uh, which featured Jennifer Lawrence and 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 a few others um, who were in the film. So uh, and they played their respective characters like your your Mystique. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other characters. Uh, Michael Fassbender. Uh, Michael Fassbender who played uh, Magneto. James McAvoy who plays um,
3: Young Professor. Uh, Young
0: Professor X. Also Beast is in the film. Uh, a, a bunch of people are in this. Are in this film. Uh, your villain, theoretically, is Magneto yet again. Yeah, kind yeah. of.
1: And Trask.
0: Yes. Bolivar Trask is also a villain. A, he element. yes, he's an antagonistic element. He's also the target of Mystique. Mm-hmm. Who's also doing villainous things? Yes, up to this point.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But I guess the only real clear-cut villain would be Magneto. He's the, he's the guy at the end of the film. Yep. Um, I, 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 I like this film. Uh, his motivation is always kind of the same in every film. It's, it's, it's been the I've protection been a- of mutants. I've been
3: oppressed. I've been. I've been there. I know what it means. Yeah. So I want to protect. I my want people to protect mutants. It. In this
0: instance, he's willing to turn their the weapons created against them. So in a weird way, Magneto is helping the future if he finds a way to destroy the Sentinels. The idea is Bolivar Trask, who created the Sentinels. Uh, the Sentinels eventually learn in their core programming to not just hunt mutants, but to pretty much hunt anyone. And so the movie begins, fast forward in the future, where mutants are pretty much all but gone. And they are hunkered down in a bunker, running from sentinels that now have the ability to absorb the powers of the mutants they kill.
3: And 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 directly contradict, come up with a contradictory element to negate their powers or to... Uh, so, okay, so Iceman throws ice at it, it sets itself on fire and is able to burn, to melt him. Yeah,
0: right, pretty much it has every counter to whatever a mutant should throw at it.
3: So, you know, someone can teleport, it pretty much figures out where you're going, yeah, instead of where it you were. It picks up on the pattern
0: and can predict where you go, and then it kills you. Gotcha. Uh, the last ditch attempt is Kitty Pride's newfound ability. <laughs> That they just kind of threw in there.
1: Which they didn't go into, but like a lot in the comic books, a lot of mutants have a second stage mutation. So they have an initial mutation and then they have a second mutation later on in life. The
3: theory is Katie Pride can phase through material objects so she can pass through them so she can pass through time.
0: Yeah. So Katie Pride sends the only person who theoretically could survive the travel back in time
3: that far, yeah. That
0: far, which is Wolverine because he can heal. Really quickly.
1: Well, they needed somebody that was alive back then.
0: That yeah, too. that was yeah. another thing, and
1: yeah. that could survive going back that far. So that was the other part. Like they could have done Professor X, but he's too old. He yeah. wouldn't be able to survive a trip that far. Magneto, same thing. Nobody else was like alive at that, that point. That's point left except was for alive Wolverine back in the seventies right? mm-hmm. when they needed to send them back.
3: And yeah. I just want to say, uh, Wolverine's outfit in the future is fucking <laughs> badass. Is dope. Yeah, like he's, It's he's the a it's
0: dope. the closest I will accept to not getting the classic Wolverine outfit. Yeah, yeah. It's the closest I will accept.
1: I was the Wolverine when they teased the uh, the Fang costume, yeah, the uh, the black uh, and yellow yeah. suit.
2: I was
0: like, Oh, that mm-hmm. looks cool. <laughs> Damn man, <it>. that <laughs> looks it so great. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah that was it, a deleted scene. Yeah. She From gives
0: me. him the suitcase on the plane. Yep.
3: And it has like. The I Wolverine think you're
0: gonna need this, and he's like, I'm not wearing that.
1: <laughs> but it looks so good. It looks uh, really
0: good though. Um, there are a lot of moving parts to this film. It can get relatively complex, uh, in certain areas. Uh, I absolutely love the idea of Wolverine being the only person going back to the past. I love a broken Charles Xavier. I think that's absolutely fantastic.
3: I love the moment where a young broken Charles Xavier is reading Wolverine's mind and he connects with, with an old Charles, Charles Xavier, Xavier who's connecting with Wolverine's mind in the future. So there's like, a that's scene like, where
0: you get James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart talking to one and another, it,
3: and it makes sense. Yeah, that they'd and be it's able like, oh that. my
0: god, this is. <laughs>
1: I don't know Sex. if it's, sense Sex. is a sense is guys. a relative but, term, but but
3: the way the way they've set up kind of what's going on. It, it It is not with the outside of the realm of possibility in this story.
0: So there are two highlights to the film. One that I know Brian absolutely loves and that there is never a moment in this film when they address Peter Dinklage's height.
1: Yep. It's one of my favorite moments. It's the first role I can really see from Peter Dinklage where nobody brought it up at all. No one brings up. It's it not a short. joke. There's it's not there's a, there's no like somebody dragging over like a, a thing so he can stand up at a podium. There's there's no like somebody making putting a seat out special for him. That's awesome. He just acts it so well, and he owns it. Yeah. And I I I hope I I'm hoping it was just something that they didn't even try to address. They were just like Peter Dinklage is Peter Dinklage. He's going to act this part,
3: and he's going to act the hell out of it. Yeah. Just that's it, and he's going to do a damn good job. And and that's the thing. Like so, from what I've heard about Peter Dinklage is he will not. He does not like to take roles that are customary for someone of his height. Like, like I think like, Elf
1: was one of the few times he's made an exception. For yes. That because, and I think he
3: did it cause he had a lot of fun with it. Right. Cause it was funny. Right. And yeah. I think yeah. Avengers
0: like, they, they needed... is kind of an interesting scenario cause they go, they no, you're going to be it, the biggest person it. in the room. Yeah. Right.
3: He's yeah.
1: like, you're going to play a dwarf. And he's like, no. And he's like, what if we told you the dwarf was the tallest character in the movie?
3: Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he, he'd be like, say, well, oh. like in yeah. Game
2: of Thrones, they like, they mention you know, his, def- they called it a deformity. Um, but it, that's a huge part of his character, and it's
3: done yeah. right that the, way. In I way. also it's think right Game of way Thrones way. is yeah. overtly
0: well, serious, like it's a
1: drama. It's a super that that role,
3: and yeah. he's the biggest character in the oh, room. Yeah. Anytime yeah. he's
2: Absolutely.
3: in it, anytime he's
1: in it, I love that 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 deleted scene where he's like strutting down the. Have you seen that? Yeah, when, he's yeah, strutting yeah, yeah. Down, when he's on his trial and he just starts strutting down. <laughs> oh man, I love Peter Dinklage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do too. he did a
3: Very, great
0: job. But it's hard to define the villain in this film because like everyone has a specific reason for doing what they're doing. That is villainous. Does that
2: make it? So overall,
1: technically, I think it's like in the future, it's the Sentinels.
0: In the future, it's the Sentinels. Yes. But the Sentinels are created by Bolivar Trask. Right.
1: So I I, I think at that point, like Bolivar Trask and Magneto are the two villains. Now, do you remember what Trask's
0: reasoning for this was?
1: His was um, the Neanderthal argument. What happened to the Neanderthals?
3: Uh, once, once the Cro-Magnons?
1: Right. What happened? Right. Once, what happened to the, like the Cro-Mags after Homo sapiens came around? We basically either bred or hunted them into extinction. Like we we moved them out of the gene pool, and we subsumed the entire gene pool. Yeah. As we were the better species, and he said that's what will happen with mutants unless we can learn to either like control them, or deal with them. Yeah. they will subsume the entire human species and
3: more species won't exist anymore. Uh, so his was
1: that's why he was trying to create the sentinels yeah
3: which which at the end of the day being a sentient species, uh, I mean, I get it I, I get get what he's getting at but at the same point, like so what? <laughs> like seriously like a mutant is not that far removed. I understand what he's saying but or is not that far removed. The the mutant is not that far removed from a human, to where it is a like an alien, you know, or something from out there. They just happen to be humans that are a little extra special. But I think to his point, like
0: if you look at how the species has yeah, progressed, yeah, it was very subtle, right? Yeah. The chromags to the Neanderthals, the Neanderthals to
3: yeah,
1: like, but sapiens. It, it comes down to like so a way so of forth. life, a way of thinking. So like yeah. mutants. You're like right. They're kind of close to human, but take a look at someone like Mystique or Magneto. True, true. Like it, at that point, like how would you feel if every thirty, you know, like how how every thirty person, years? Well, like every thirty seconds, a person's born or something like that. Yeah. Like somebody's being born. What if there was a ten percent chance that person could grow up with enough power to destroy the planet?
3: I and that I get. Yeah,
1: right. That's of the characters we've been introduced so far. Professor X could wipe all life on the planet if he wanted to. Magneto can come completely devastate the planet if he wanted to. That list goes on. So like I, I get it from a species standpoint. Like it's tough to be like, no 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 no, completely go breed un, unprotected, have as many kids as you want, and whatever random ability pops up, pops up, because that'll be fun. Huh. Right? It's it's nuts to think that. Like even like let's say it's a one out of a thousand have the ability to destroy the planet. That's that's the defect rate that's acceptable within manufacturing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: One out of a thousand units being DOA is considered pretty good. Yeah. But let's say one out of a thousand mutants have the ability to destroy the entire planet. Once they become the major species on the planet... What do you expect? That that number's gonna go up. How how long until you find someone that isn't like Magneto? Yeah. Or Professor X? Yeah, true, true. Like, you read the comics. What if they're... Like, when, when does a Proteus pro- pop up?
3: Yeah, yeah. That's
1: yeah. a scary thought as a human.
3: I mean, they, they recently they actually went into it with the comics where they uh, discovered a new Omega mutant who did not have control of the powers as a kid and uh, was like destroying a city block unintentionally. And they've calmed him down. He powered down. They were able to get him powered down. And a human just out of nowhere shoots him in the head and they go he was fine we calmed him down everything was safe and the dude looks around and goes what do you mean safe and you just see the destruction so i i I get that i get that i do so
1: that's that's where i kind of i kind of get that motivation do i agree with it no Mm -hmm. but it is it is very scary to to think like that like that the any, like Absolutely. every kid being born has the ability to basically become a small nuclear device. Yeah.
0: So where does Bolivar Trask fall on our list?
1: I'd say quality. Yes, I yeah, quality. I get the motivation. I get why he was doing what he was doing. They don't, they, they go into it a little bit. Um, but for the screen time he's on, it makes sense. Mm hmm. Um, the other one, Magneto. Uh. <laughs>
0: um, Magneto just cannot catch a fucking break right now.
1: I just, I, again, I don't understand how like this ends well. Like his his entire thing is like, if I kill the president, is everything.
3: he killing
0: the president or is he trying to kill Bolivar? Yeah,
1: I thought he's trying to kill
0: maybe president. both. I don't know. Well, Mystique was trying he's... to kill. I think he was trying to send a message. Mystique was trying to kill the president. And the Magneto. No,
1: I think Misty was trying to kill Bolivar. Or
0: he, she was trying to kill Bolivar. Magneto he took was, over the Sentinels to send a message that if they continue down this route, I mean, look at what I can do.
3: Right. So I've
0: taken your 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 weapons. Yeah, your
3: Sentinels aren't made of your Sentinels are made of plastic. That's funny. I found a way to to, yeah. to control them anyway. I just
0: threaded
1: metal throughout their entire systems, and now they're basically trying uh, marionettes. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, <laughs> I. Magneto just can't catch a break. He's all over the board right now.
1: I I honestly don't know where to make him fall on this. Like I get I get his motivation,
3: mm-hmm. but his motivation I, we've seen.
1: But they didn't add anything to it or made it seem like they don't really they don't really sell me on that it's a good idea or why he would think it's a good idea. They're just like, he's a a militant, semi militant. <laughs> Man, I think it's transfer. He's yeah, added yeah, to, to the transfer game. He's
0: he's all over so the X1, transfer board, X2, X3, right? So,
1: X2, X3, pretty much
0: all of X of the original trilogy and uh Days of Future Past.
1: Cuz he he has such a deep core motivation
0: that that's it's always good. good
1: and then it just evolves into like some weird plot where he's like I'm going to pick up a baseball stadium.
0: <laughs>
1: Cuz that's Because he smart. does. <laughs> He just picks up a baseball stadium, carries it halfway across D.C., and then drops it around the the, the Pentagon bunker.
2: He was just hangry, okay?
1: If they had given him a stickers, You, you haven't seen fine. him
0: hangry until you've seen him oh. in X-Men Apocalypse.
1: Oh, 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 man. Emo hangry at that point.
0: Yeah.